Hey, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and happy fasting, Ethos Church. And I apologize about saying happy fasting, but we are on the cusp of Awaken 2023. And if you're new to Ethos or new to this podcast, um, every, every year we take at least one month to pray and fast together as a church. Now, on today's podcast, we're not going to talk about why we fast or a lot of the the things that go into fasting, because we've already done this. We have some podcasts in the past and a whole lot of resources. So um, if you're like I was a few years ago, and you're like, I'm new to fasting, I have some questions around fasting, we have diligently sought to answer your questions. So go to ethoschurch.org slash awaken, and you can get access to all that. Before we get into today's conversation, I do want you to, to know about four rhythms that I'd love for everyone to be in on with our church. Um, the first will sound a little obvious, but we'd love for you to fast with us. Some sort of food fast if possible, but we'll discuss in a little bit. There's other options, but whether it's a, few, a full fast, a Daniel fast, or, or something else, we'd love for you to join with us in fasting for the month. Secondly, we'll have a reading plan. We'll be in Proverbs and First John as a church family. Um, there will be a daily reading guide, and, and our whole church will go through this reading plan together, so join us in that. The third rhythm is prayer. So we're actually going to have daily Zoom prayer calls, one at 6.30 in the morning, one at 8.30 at night. On Tuesdays, there'll be a kids' gathering prayer call at 7 p.m., and we'd love for you to plan on being at at least one of those morning or evening calls, or maybe you're ready to go crazy and do both. We love it. So hop on at 6.30 uh, a.m. or 8.30 p.m. And then the last thing, gather with us. We'll have Sunday prayer. Um, We'll have a few different in-person prayer and worship gatherings made available to you, and we want you there. Um, Try to make at least a few of them as our church leans into this really special season of just opening up our hearts and giving God all of our attention. All right, let's talk about today's episode. Um, So today we're going to have four different topics, and some of the topics may interest you, some of them may not. Totally okay. Maybe you want to listen to the whole thing. Um, But in case uh, you want to skip ahead, there'll be minute marks in the description of your podcast so you can skip ahead to the topics that interest you. But the topics will be fasting and eating disorders, also fasting while pregnant, fasting as a family, and fasting and technology. So it's jam-packed, a lot of goodness, and surrounding me right now is just the best squad. We got a whole squad around me. We've got Bailey Teeter, Mary Ajigare, Sam Parnell, Will Shinnick. And for each talking point, we're going to have like a little team captain, okay? But listen, guys, that's not to say that you can't hop in. So Mary, while Bailey's talking, I mean, go ahead, interrupt her. No, don't interrupt her. Let her finish her thought, but then add a little bit. Does that make sense? Sounds All right, good. everyone say mm-hmm. hi into the mic. Hey there. Hey, Ethos Church. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. All right, so we got a lot of good stuff to get to, and I want to start by talking about eating disorders. Bailey, so last year we took our, our first shot at doing podcast around Awaken, and it kind of opened up our imagination. And I don't even know if you know this, but it started with you. So Katie Shinnett came to me and was like, hey, I had someone talk to me about, we should really talk about eating disorders uh, in the fasting season. And the minute she said that, it was like kind of a no-duh moment, like, mm-hmm. oh my goodness, Man, that is that's got to be such a important conversation because we know several people wrestle with this, and then the prospect of 
not eating food. And, and, and obviously there has to be some wrestling there. But she said Bailey Teeter really would love to talk about this. And I, when she told me this last year, I was like, we will do this. <laughs> so I'm so grateful you're here. Yeah, we I'm can here. Talk about Thanks it. for having me. Yeah. So <laughs> I'd love for you, first of all, just tell us a little bit about you. Who is Bailey Teeter? All right. Um, so I'm a wife. I'm a new mother. I've got a four-month-old. Um, I direct a dance program, a Christian dance program here in Nashville, and I'm also a licensed counselor. So, Big time. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, got all the things. Okay. So tell me about what, maybe we can go back to this conversation you have with Katie. I know you've written a blog about it for our church. Mm-hmm. Where did your desire to like have this conversation start? What, what, what about your experience brought this up? Yeah. So I wrote the blog, I think it was two years ago. Um, because it was before I was fully licensed. Um, and the Lord just really put it on my heart. Like each year we're talking about fasting and there's a whole population of people that we were kind of overlooking that struggle with eating disorders. Um, but my background with it, I would not call myself an expert with eating disorders, but I've been around it for as long as I can remember in not such a great way. But because I was a dancer growing up, I was a college athlete. I currently direct a dance program, and I feel like the Lord has always had on my heart just this um, love for helping encourage young women, teens, um, and people in their body image and healthy view of themselves and the way God made them. And so um, just thinking about like fasting and um, just what that could be like for somebody who's an eating disorder as part of their story. Um, just really spoke to me. Talk about the, so if you're sitting in a church and some well-meaning pastor comes up and he or she's like, hey, everybody, we're going to do a 30-day like prayer and fasting and, and you know, make sure you do a food fast. Like mm-hmm. talk about like internally, if there's someone that has an eating disorder, body, all, all those things that you just mentioned, what might some battles be for them internally? What might start right off the bat where they're going to be like, okay, I immediately have some tensions. Yeah. I This might not be a great way of explaining it, but I was talking to somebody and I was like, it's almost like telling somebody in recovery from alcoholism, hey, you're going to drink alcohol for 30 days. And just what that could look like or feel like for somebody who's walked through an eating disorder. Um I really won't go into what causes an eating disorder, but a lot of it is about control. Um, And so for somebody who that's part of their story of either restricting food or spending too much time focusing on food, um, being told, hey, in order to be a part of our church community this month, you have to not eat, um, can be really triggering. Um, And I feel like the enemy really can get a foothold in there for somebody who may have may already be in recovery from an eating disorder. Um, the enemy can just kind of slip in under the night and be like, Oh, you're just going to pretend like you're, um, you're fasting, but really I'm just going to kind of pull you back into these, these chains and into this place of, um, restricting or, um, controlling your food intake again. So what some person might see as like a invitation into health and flourishing, someone else who has a struggle might see as an invitation into like toxic, like Mm -hmm. scary living. So um, what are some of the lies that are told to someone in this season? Like when when a whole church is fasting, what are some of the lies they might start to believe? Um, 
maybe like if you can't participate, that you're not fully a part of the church or you're not good enough, um, that in order to um, in order to be holy, you have to fast from food. Um, I mean, that God is maybe punishing you, like that you're a part of a church that's doing this. And so he's like, hey, this is part of your background. And so we're going to make you experience it. I'm not really sure. Um, just so many different things. I think a lot of shame, a lot of self-doubt, a lot of just confusion where God made food to be something to be enjoyed and something of celebration. It can be a source of a lot of pain mm-hmm. for some other people. So many of the descriptors that you just gave were just like anti-God, mm-hmm. you know, like mm-hmm. is God this really intense rule maker that sees you in your suffering and goes, well, that's what it's going to take, mm-hmm. you know, like suffer some more, like yeah. suffer through this, like, yeah. So that's, that's really, it's really good. Um, I guess what, what, what advice, okay, so we're, we're going to enter into this season mm-hmm. of awaken and, and prayer and, and fasting. So we do want everyone participating and we believe anyone in our church wants to participate mm-hmm. and we believe Literally everyone, no matter what their background, what their specific situation is, they can participate. Mm-hmm. So how would you encourage someone that has had this history, that is living in this struggle, still like walking with Christ and, and growing in freedom, how would you encourage them to participate in the fasting season? Well, I'd say first that the heart of God is that this is an invitation. It's not like a command, like you have to fast. And so it's an invitation from the Lord to experience more of his presence in this season. And so I would start by saying, spend some time with the Lord and tell him you're afraid. Tell him your fears, tell him your hesitancies and ask him like what he has to say about that. Um, Ask him to reveal places in your life that might be considered an idol or something that's taking up too much of your time or energy or mental focus. Um, and if those are things that he brings up and ask him like how you can fast from those things, um, there's some specific ways that you can participate. That could be social media, that could be, um, intentionally eating each meal every day as an act of nourishing yourself before the Lord or with other people instead of restricting yourself or instead of having unhealthy coping skills there. Uh, you can compl- uh, abstain from complaining or gossiping because I'm sure all of us have things like that that we could uproot in our own hearts. Eliminating makeup from your daily routine, covering your mirrors. Like I'm not going to look in the mirror for an entire month um, with body image issues there. You could um, remove dating apps or abstain from physical intimacy. You could, if you want a food component, remove coffee or a favorite crunchy snack or something that feels like a crutch to you so that you still have that appetite that you still can fast from without it being um, taking away from like your body nourishment and what you need to be healthy. Yeah, so good. And I guess speak a little bit more into, um, and if you don't have an answer, that's totally fine. I'm kind of throwing (laughs) this one on you, but how would you encourage someone like in their prayer life, how to sit in the presence of God and continue to process this with the Lord. And then maybe secondly, how, this sounds like a very private conversation. How important 
is community in this? How would you would you encourage someone to talk about it, or 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 would you be like, I don't know, I, I'm ignorant to a lot of this. So how would you encourage them to talk with the Lord about this continually as they walk in healing with Jesus, and then how would you encourage them to walk in community, Christian community? Community is very important. Okay. Um, we all know that sin thrives in darkness, and so if this is something that a person is struggling with bringing it to the light, bringing it to a trusted friend, somebody who is also seeking the counsel of the Lord, talking to your therapist, staying in your active recovery communities. Those are all incredibly important because when you feel triggered or if you're having struggles or feeling like you want to restrict or binge or count calories or any of those things that you have somebody you can talk to and say, Hey, I'm struggling today. And they can pray with you. They can walk through that with you. Um, a mentor or somebody who's been there before is, is really important, but community is incredibly important. I don't know if that answers yeah, what, what you're saying. And then just like sitting with the Lord, that was your other question. Yeah. Um, I'd say sign up for a freedom prayer. <laughs> um, just being able to hear the voice of the Lord and know that he cares for you and he sees you in this. I mean, like I said, I'm not an expert in this topic. I am a counselor. I have worked with clients who've experienced this, but God put this so heavily on my heart a few years ago because he sees you right now. Um, and he doesn't want you to go through this season by yourself. Um, but testing everything you hear, just like in your spirit against scripture and seeing if that's the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord is life-giving and it's inviting and it's, um, brings freedom and it's not condemning. It's not putting you in chains. It's yeah. So, yeah. Thank you, Bailey. I, this, what you're probably going to feel as a listener is we're going to like skim the surface of some really good stuff. And you're going to be like, I wish we would have went 30 minutes longer on each thing. Um, but to anyone out there that's like, I actually need to further this conversation. I need to take this deeper and even more intentional. Bailey already mentioned freedom prayer. Um, I second that. I think everyone in here with third, fourth, and fifth that. Um, but also if you have questions, if you want to talk further on this, if you need, if you're like, hey, I'd love to talk to a pastor, but I'd actually love to get connected with like counseling. Um, all of that is available. And, and we just invite you to reach out to us at share at ethoschurch.org. Share at ethoschurch.org. Please let us know. Um, anything from the room before we transition subjects? That will go to a trusted pastor. So that's not going to go to a big team of people. Yeah, so absolutely. Just... Yeah, we'll we'll keep your privacy and uh, yeah, yeah we'll, we'll get you connected to whoever we need to get you connected to to, to get you help. Yeah. All right. Mary Ajigare, you ready? Hello, I'm here. I'm ready. Mm-hmm. It's time to talk pregnancy. What do you know about pregnancy? Well, currently, <laughs> I know quite a lot because I'm sitting here almost 27 weeks pregnant. With your third? With my Fourth, third. Sixth? Third. Okay. I can't I can third. remember. Uh, third, okay, third. cool. Uh, yeah. Mary, welcome. Glad you're here. Thanks for having me. All right. Tell us, before we get into to being a mom mm-hmm. um, to two kids that are out of the womb and one that's in there. Okay. Yes. Sorry. That was an awkward way to put that. <laughs> um, tell us a little bit about you, Mary. Yeah, so um, I'm married. My husband is Russ. Um, we have two kids. I've worked as a nurse for 10 years. Um, just recently um, quit my job to stay at home with my children. Um, so that's exciting. And right now I'm growing another human. 
So way to go. Pretty much me. You know, my wife's pregnant right now. Um, shameless plug, just to shout out my wife. But it blows my mind that women can just build humans in their belly. How do y'all do that? You're not. You're barely even trying. How are you doing that? I know it's wild. I'm starting to see him move move around a whole lot more recently. And way to it's, go. It's crazy. I'll keep going. Um, all right. Uh, how have you? Before we get into, I want to talk about your story a little bit. So maybe I don't know if we did awaken the first time you were pregnant or the second mm-hmm. time you were pregnant. Um, uh, if it happened to fit that that calendar, but how did you personally process? Like, what were your first thoughts when it was like, "Hey, we're doing awaken," and you're like, "I'm pregnant." Like, yeah. what were some thoughts that hit your mind at first? Yeah, at first I'm like, "Oh, I'm exempt." Like, I don't have to participate. Heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, I, um, I'm excluded from this. and Catch me at the drive-thru. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I get to kind of keep on with my life because everybody will obviously know why I'm not participating. So sure. I don't have to. Um, and so, yeah, actually, both my pregnancies fell within Awaken. And um, I, I just remember thinking, oh mostly for the first one like oh I don't really and then of course you know everyone starts bringing in the social media and all the other stuff that takes up my time and I'm like oh man Mm -hmm. like I think God might have some more for me than Mm -hmm. just sitting back and taking a look at things talk me through the progression there so you go from which one thing you said was right you don't have to that's not what we're doing like you really don't have to but how did you grow to go I don't have to but actually i one, I can participate on some level and I want to. Like, when did you start seeing that yeah. mind shift change? I think if I'm really honest, my first pregnancy, I was kind of back and forth throughout the whole awaken. Okay. I kind of went, you know, I have this leeway. I'm not going to be super legalistic and follow. I think I just leaned back more toward the loving father, the arms of God and said, you know, like that is true. You know, there's a lot of truth in that. Like we don't have to prove ourselves or do anything to prove ourselves. But I think later on, I started realizing there's such a privilege in the fasting and the giving up and of using our spiritual eyes instead of our physical bodies to see what God can do when we give up something for him. And I would say in between my first and second pregnancies, I had a, a time where I, where I had, there was an awaken and I thought, you know what? I actually get to fast food this time. And I was like, wow. And I felt this like huge privilege in the middle of my two pregnancies of Mm. like knowing that I'm in childbearing years and knowing that the next pregnant, the next awakened, I was probably going to be pregnant again. And so it was like, oh, wow, God, like you're preparing my heart to know that I can sacrifice food this time more than I did last time. Mm. Um, And that even awakened me. I feel like for my second pregnancy to be like, you know what? I can give up a little bit of food. Not necessarily to the detriment of my health or my baby's health, but there's some things that I can do to sacrifice and actually participate more with the church. Wow. Okay. Okay. Let's let's go there then. So yeah. you're pregnant. You are literally pregnant right now. Yes. And to anyone who is pregnant right now, talk about this. So is it all about giving up food? Like for, for someone that's pregnant mm-hmm. and going, well, I, okay, look, I'm going to, I got to eat, got to nurse the body here, mm-hmm. got a little baby in me, but speak to that. Yeah. So I think we just see in, in scripture, you know, if we're looking at biblical fasting, we see mostly food, right? And when we're looking at that, it's like, okay, God, how do I put myself into scripture right now and into what, what they did in the old and new Testament and say, okay, but God, what is it for me? And I think about, um, I think about just how even in in the Psalms, I was reading Psalm 69 the other day and it said, I humbled my soul with fasting. And it was like, okay, God, what are some ways that I can actually humble my soul? And does that have to be food? And actually having those 
questions of like, okay, this is a heart posture and I want to posture my heart in a way of seeing the, seeing the spiritual, getting rid of what the world is saying we need, whether that be, I think we're going to talk about technology on this podcast, but whether that be technology or, you know, the social media aspect or even just like spending, like I found myself um, realizing that I was spending a lot like just daily mm, like actually preach. I don't need this Instacart order like I don't need it today and so God like show me ways that um I can humble my soul right now and focus on the things that are not of this world so. wow something you said a few minutes maybe a minute or two ago but it just reminded me that fasting is not to attain the reward fasting is the reward that's right. so like God it gets on my nerves sometimes because it often feels inconvenient on mm-hmm. the surface. Uh, so I'm like, eh, I'll pass. Uh, <laughs> but but it really is so in his character to there is something to be unlocked. Mm-hmm. Once you take that step and go like, I'm going to humble my soul. I'm going to set this thing aside. Don't want to. But there's a guaranteed gift just in the act of going, I have set this aside to focus my attention on you. Um, you have talked to me about there are some versions of food fat. Like if you're like, Uh, I want to feel like I did a food fast, Mm -hmm. but obviously I can't just (laughs) go full on fast. Share like what's an example of like a food fast while pregnant? Yeah. So I feel like first of all, like seeing where you're at in pregnancy, like are you in first trimester where you're like sick every minute that you're not having a sip of something sweet? I feel like I carried Skittles around in my pocket for like the whole first trimester. Is regular or sour or tropical? Um, Well, yeah, sour. Anything sour. Sure. Um, so yeah, so realizing I'm on the first trimester where I just need something every minute. Am I in the second where I'm actually doing pretty good? Um, or am I in the third where I need to be nourishing this baby? Mm. It's growing a lot. Um, and then also just saying like, okay, God, what is something that is consuming me? If you, you know, if you're listening to the podcast, we talked about the eating disorders first and she gave some great options about just thinking about your body and what that looks like, maybe giving up caffeine. And um, I think those kind of things are things that we can immediately cut out, like a late night snack or those really indulgent meals. Like let's say you're sitting down for breakfast and you can have the option of this like gourmet French toast, whipped cream, all this toppings. Keep going, keep and going. It, I know, I know, I'm getting hungry over here. But it's like, okay, God, I'm going to use this season to nourish myself, nourish the baby, and have some just plain oatmeal, you know. And so um, really using this time to have the, that focus be more on the Lord and on prayer and saying, I can still incorporate some food fast if I want to. And you know your body. And if you want to talk to your doctor about it, like when you're pregnant, you're going to the doctor once a month usually. And so being able to bring that up and say, hey, I'm, I'm thinking about giving up this, you know, this, this food for a month. Let's say it's... um something you know just sweet chocolate sweets chocolate yeah <laughs> i feel like that's always i think that's what i'm doing this year i think i'm gonna do sweets um which i can ca- see me asking my doctor about chocolate and then mouthing tell me i can't tell me stop i can't eating do this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so funny but like even coming up so i think 28 weeks you drink the whole you know that big sugary drink so i'm about to drink that that'll be during awaken so if i'm giving up sweets i get one at least one like really good glucose (laughs) drink there that's right (laughs) but um no i think it's just 
asking the Lord those questions and saying, God, what do you have for me? And Mm. not comparing yourself to other moms, other people that are breastfeeding. You know, I think um, we had talked about earlier, but just another option is like, hey, moms can sometimes feel lonely and isolated. And a lot of times we do go to social media while we're breastfeeding, while we're doing other things, while we're home alone with a baby. And it's like, okay, God, what are some other options for this? Let's start a text group of all the women that we're fasting with, you know, just some options that um, we can give up for this season that can really hone in our attention to community and to the Lord and what he's doing. Yeah, it's so good. One thing I I keep hearing as Bailey was sharing and as now as you're sharing is the emphasis on no shame, mm-hmm. comparison, but on a real alive relationship with God, like consult the Lord, talk mm-hmm. with the Lord. Yes. And anything that feels shameful or confusing, like is probably not in his character. In, in fact, it's, it's not. And so um, keep that like he wants relationship with you. The, the pressure is not on the rule following kind of mindset of this, of this season. So, um, you know, one of the gifts of, entering into a church-wide fast while pregnant is you're pregnant. And Mm -hmm. you shared some words with me about using this season to just like give even more prayers than usual for your baby, for your baby that's on the way. Can you just speak into a little bit of that on how to take advantage of the fasting season to just give a give a focus of prayer for for your children? Yeah, I just, I feel it's such a privilege to be able to carry another human being or to be feeding another human being and nourishing them and being able to use that time to ask the Lord questions about that person. You know, like, who are they, God? What do you see in them? What verse are you speaking over their life? Um, for me, it's going to be like, what am I going to name this kid? <laughs> Same. <laughs> I feel like I used them all in the yeah. first two. Anyways. Um, I don't even know how you did the first. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> so I just feel like really being intentional because this will be the only time that as a church-wide fast, you can look back to this time and be like, this is a time where I focus not only on intimacy with the Lord, but I got to know more about who I was carrying and yeah, the baby in my belly. Beautiful. Mary, thank you. Before we transition, any, any thoughts I got, I'm looking at four parents right Mm -hmm. here. So any thoughts on, on the pregnancy stage? Just as you were speaking, I, you know, hindsight's always 2020, right. Mm -hmm. But like thinking just even as a, as a husband and Mm -hmm. knowing that what, what might ways that we could support a pregnant wife who's carrying our yeah. child in the season. So is yeah. there any way that Russ <laughs> could support you? And like thinking back, it's like, oh, how did I do that with Christina? I don't know that I did that very well. So there's hopefully there's some husbands out there that would love some insight. Yeah, I think I think just recognizing that whatever fast we choose, that it's not less than, you know, because I think a lot of people will choose food fast, which I think is such an amazing thing to do. It's what we see in scripture. And so, um, but when our husbands choose those things and then we choose something that's just feels a little bit less than, um, to be kept accountable to that and, um, be kept accountable to whether it's social media or whether it's the sweets, um, and just being encouraged in it. Man, when you were saying that, I, I feel like God's been really pushing in my heart. I want a genuine heart that loves me. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. If that's 60 seconds or 60 minutes, wherever yeah. you're at, but like, I just want your heart to be real and to love me. Yeah. I, I want you to not love you. That's it. Yeah. And I, I'm reminded, as you said that, of, of the woman who gives the last of what she has, and it's less than anyone else has given. But mm-hmm. how does Christ respond to that moment? Like, she's given more than anyone else here. Mm-hmm. Look around. There's hundreds of people. Mm-hmm. She's the one that gave the most. 
mm-hmm. but no one would know. But I see your heart, and so that just it's, it's a really good way to talk yeah. about um, that. So, all right, Mary, thank you. Um, don't go anywhere. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to transition. Sam Parnell in the building to talk to us about fasting as a family. So um, I don't know what this is like at all, so I actually can't wait to hear it. I can't imagine trying to to just rally a, a family of five or eight or whatever you got uh, uh, and, and get them all around like this idea of praying and fasting. But before we get into that, Sam, tell us just 15 seconds. Who are you? Yeah, Sam Parnell. Been working with Ethos Church for five, six years now. Um, I'm married to Christina for 17 years. I have four children. Eli, who's 13, a daughter, Kate, 12, a, another son, Luke, who is 10, and my youngest is Ike, who is 7. So. Talk about how easy it really is to fast with a big family. <laughs> <laughs> and why is it so I easy? laughed at that question. I was like, easy? Not so much. But I think there are some simple ways you know, very simple ways. To... All right. Well, before you get into those ways, <laughs> okay. um, joke, joke landed. Uh, talk about your journey. Like, let's go back four years, three years. Like the first time that you thought, okay, I want to start trying praying and fasting with the entire family, not just me and my wife, but the kids too. If you can think back to that moment, what was that like? What were some of the challenges initially? Yeah. I think it actually has to go back even further than that. Um, my first fasting experience was probably six, 15, 16 years ago, not with ethos, but um, introduced the idea and remembered how poorly that went. Like just freshly married, um, I felt this conviction that wasn't in my home, but it was actually an unsettling 21-day fast that we went through. Um, that was an attempt to really be before the Lord, but really became this checklist of uh, abstaining from certain foods and Daniel fast that that was not collaborative in the home. And so, when when just trying to figure that out with my new wife Christina, we I realized very quickly that that rhythm needed to be one that was, um, if not done well in private needed to be done communally inside the home. Mm. So. so, okay, now marriage, now you've got kids. Ha- explain that added variable. Now you have children that you're trying to invite. What was that like for you to introduce that to your family? Yeah, so ideally, you know, it starts with myself in the sense of creating a personal plan to be in the presence of the Lord for an extended, about, extended season. And one of the things that ethos really helped is I love that we call it a season of prayer and fasting. And it's not just this abstaining from food or social media or whatever it may be, but it's also this this invitation to commune with God more in prayer. And so very simply, it was it was just making prayer accessible in that season of prayer and fasting with my wife. And anytime my kids wanted to join in, just making it accessible to them as simple as them waking up early in the morning, seeing our laptops open with the prayer calls and allowing them to crawl into our lap, you know, in their pajamas and sit with us and hear our church pray. Um, and so it was as simple as that of being able to allow them to to watch us fast and pray during this season. Have you so. seen, and you don't have to have an answer to this, I, this isn't like on our notes or anything, but have you seen as years have went by, 
as kids have aged and maturity? Like, have you seen fruits like from one fasting season to the next? Like, you know, last year fasting compared to four year fasting ago, like anything that you've seen in your kids, you're like, man, that was such a, it's such a mile marker. I see real growth in this. Yes. I think, I think initially when we saw some interest from Eli, our oldest, it was like, oh, well, we need to have all of our kids do this. And then we started getting in the temptation of prescribing fasting to our children. And that's not, not what you want to do at all, right? Like, well, explain that prescribing. So, yeah. It's like, so there, there is some value in, in, in the family giving up some, some things together and, and having rhythms of, of when maybe a meal was or what we would traditionally do around the television on an evening and instead spending time praying or even at bedtime, um, joining in on the prayer call before bedtime as a family. Um, but what we realized is it, it added a huge stress if one of those kids decided that this was not the night that they wanted to participate in the prayer call, <laughs> <Sure>. which, <laughs> shocker, that's almost every night when you have four kids, <laughs> like that one doesn't. And so saying, no, you will do this or mandating that and it not being an invitation posture posture that was mentioned earlier on this mm. podcast was such a huge, was such a huge um, takeaway that we've had just learning over the years of of fasting together as a family is we want to constantly have places of invitation. And there's some rhythms that we do that in um, personally as a family, as well as just embracing the rhythms that, that ethos has provided. That's really good. Um, you know, one thing that, that came up in my mind is like kind of a value system. What do you, what, what should you not undervalue and, and what should you not overvalue when you're inviting a family into prayer and fasting? So, what would you describe, like, if, if you were to encourage families, you know, that, that tired mom and dad, they're like, look, we're, we're trying to get our four and seven-year-old to pray with us. It ain't going well. Like, how would you encourage them? What's a win? In, in, this, in your mind, when the family does this, that's winning in yeah. the kingdom of God. The, that's the, uh, specifically with, with just what we value and in the simplest most concise way is family time in the presence of God, knowing how much he cares and loves for us, and then embracing the gift of being under one roof when we have those. And again, I'm hesitant to say that just because those times seem to be far and fewer between than a simple, you know, it's not easy, just as you were saying, you know, it's not easy. But the idea is, is like, okay, we have a basket. I wish Christina was here to talk about this basket, but a basket that comes out around these seasons of prayer and fasting that's just called the morning basket. And they use it also for school rhythms and those sorts of things. But the morning basket has our kids' Bibles in it, the journal that either Ethos provides or one that they get that's fresh and brand new because that excites a couple of my kids to get a brand new fresh journal. And and it sits out there and it's the first thing that we come to each morning. And so sometimes again, and so the times that, that I've really learned to value is when the stars align or the Lord really, or the spirit really gets into inside of our home. And we're all gathered either around the table to break fast after a sun up to sundown again, um, or that morning basket where we're on the, in the morning, we're we're sitting on the couch and we all has our, have our Bibles open and we pray, mm-hmm. or it's a prayer call or whatever it may be, we really value that communal family time in the presence of the Lord. Mm-hmm. What would you, where would you try to like ease tension? Like if, if a family's feeling pressure and in their mind, they're not doing it right. Like 
we don't really agree with that way of thinking. If you're trying to rally your family in the presence of God, there is that that's the win in my it, Maybe I'm ignorant, but from where I'm sitting, I'm like, as long as genuine hearts are trying to cultivate God's presence in a family, you've already, you're winning and probably need to ease up on pressure on what it looks like every time. But what, how would you take the pressure off a family that's trying to, to do this with, with youngins and, or maybe teenagers and, and struggling for it to, from their eyes, take hold? Yeah. Or even for the first time, like, right, like a 30 day fast, you know, we have a 30 day season of mm-hmm. prayer and fasting. I would take the pressure off by what is that first, what is that next step by just saying what simply what is that like um, what is one way that your family can engage in growing in the presence of God you know whether that's through reading opening the Bible for the first time as a family whether that's praying together around the meal or whether it's attending a worship night that's this during this season of prayer and fasting, logging on for the family prayer calls. Just one next step and and mm-hmm. and take it one at a time. And if you have multiple children, focus on the ones where God's drawing them in. Mm-hmm. Don't 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 have a checklist of like a, a roll call, you know, for those sorts of things, but have a plan or an idea of how you want to engage the ones that are ready to 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 participate. Um, I specifically say that because we've face that. And it became a place of where, of real prayer because one of our children just was not ready to, to participate in any way. And most recently gave their life to the Lord after years of not wanting to participate. And so we've seen that the patience and consistent invitation of participating in the ways of God, um, are the are the easiest way to are the simplest way to continue to give those opportunities to, to our kids. Yeah, you know, one of the things I realized is this this whole season is really to disciple our kids. Like we have we have three kids and um I don't want to go through this whole thing and like put some weight on them that mm-hmm. they don't need to bear. Like I want to model fasting for mm-hmm. them so mm-hmm. that when they grow up they'll know what fasting looks like. And so one of the things for us is we've invited all of our kids, how do you want to fast in this this season? I remember one of our favorite home videos was um, uh, Liam at our kitchen table. Uh, it was one day Katie was home with the kids, and I guess her mom had brought donuts from somewhere over to her house, and which is the worst thing. You got to get the donuts out of your house if you're trying to fast. Yeah. But for some reason, we had donuts in our house, and Liam just it breaks down. He's like, I'm not fasting. I'm not fasting. <laughs> and it was something where he was probably three or four years old, and he really didn't understand it. But we were teaching him, you can abstain for something for a season, and fasting right now as a three-year-old will look completely different than when he's 25 or 30 or 18 or when, whenever he can do it fully. But we're teaching him now to do something. So we're inviting him in. Um, to experience it in a small way so he can see the bigger picture of it later down the road. That's good. That's awesome. Any other, I mean, we got a bunch of parents in here. Any thoughts, y'all? I really just kind of had a question maybe for one of you, but it was when talking to my five-year-old even this morning about what we were coming over here to talk about, and he just participated in the first fast when we did the three-day, I think, this past season, and where he gave up TV for three days. 
and I was so proud of him. So I just asked him, what, you know, what do you think? And he said, well, how long is this fast? And I said, 30 days. And his face <laughs> dropped and he said, I can't do anything. <laughs> so I guess just encouragement on these yeah. five year, like on these things on, on how do you split that up? Like what are some practical, maybe practical yeah. things for these young kids for a 30 day fast? Yeah. That is a long time for, for all of us. Mm-hmm. But again, I, I think just the, what is the, what are they willing to do for just the, even that day? Mm-hmm. Like mm-hmm. I've tried to break it down in chunks for our kids. Like, and again, tell them what our plan is and mm-hmm. let them opt in with us. Mm-hmm. Um, is whether it's a meal, whether it's abstaining from yeah. television or mm-hmm. social media or whatever it may be, but mm-hmm. continuing to just do it together as mm-hmm. family has mm-hmm. been such a gift. Yeah. I, I like to break it down into four weeks. I just think it's easier when we, we say like, okay, we're going to get through this first week of the fast. Mm-hmm. And for us, we every Saturday mostly looks like us just as a family at the house. And so, you know, typically we take a break on Saturday and we'll have a big meal or do something on Saturday that just feels to, it's kind of a reset and then we're back into it. So I think even as as you're thinking through what how to do this as a family it's like hey on monday wednesday friday we're not going to watch tv this week or like we're going to cut out tv altogether and we're not going to eat sweets for those few days and then we're kind of back at it the next week Mm -hmm. i think just being creative and you know your kids like you know what they can handle we're not trying to put something on them that they can't handle we're just trying to train them up and build them up to know god is it fair to say don't overvalue the result just value the invitation like value setting them up like with an here's an invitation is that a fair way to say this because i as i'm not i don't have a my my wife is pregnant so i don't have a kid to speak to this and but like I, i could see me going okay i'm gonna do this, this, and this to make this just right so my kid wants to pray and then nothing happens. And I'm like, ah, yeah. ah, what, um, what do I got to change? And it's like, there's a lot of pressure on outcome, right? Yeah. Or I no. mean, I'm sure y'all have stuff to speak into this too. I think about like, there's a balance of invitation and challenge with everything in discipleship mm-hmm. and parenting. It's like, we want to invite our kids into the life of God. And we also, at the same time, have to challenge them to become formed in him his image which is a lot of times really hard like it's not easy to wake up early in the morning and say i'm going to spend some time with the lord this morning but i need that challenge in my heart so i think there's a balance in it like we want to invite them in we want to show them this is to experience time with the lord to go closer to him to get his presence um at the same time we're in a culture where we just it's like self-gratifying culture and i think any way we can train our kids now in this season to mm. push against that find every opportunity to do that come on well and i think i'm just going to shout out to dave and sydney real quick but Sid- Who, who's that david <laughs> <Who's that? laughs> clayton uh just oh, okay. i remember sydney talking one time uh, just about setting them up for success so the setting your kids up for success to where Maybe they are skipping a meal, but giving them a snack on the other side of the meals and um, things like that, that, you know, we're not going to do this, but we're going to do something fun, yeah. you know, and setting it up. So I think those things just keeping in mind as parents to. I love that. Like life giving positive yeah. connotations to something that is self-sacrificial. Mm-hmm. That's really cool. Um, and for those that don't know, Dave and Sydney, uh, Dave's one of the pastors at, at Ethos. Um, Sydney's his wife. They're close friends. So I was making yeah. a, a joke there. But um, let's transition. I, I, yeah. We're going to transition to the conversation around technology. 
Will Shinnick. Um, this is this is you. You're the team captain of this one. Before we get into um, the specifics, though, give us a little bit about who you are. Yeah, so I'm Will Shinnick. I uh, have been a part of this church since the we were a small group in a little house on Shackleford. Uh, that was 14, 15 years ago now. That's a flex. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean it that way, <laughs> but I've been around for a few minutes. Um, married to Katie. I uh, have three kids who live in Franklin. I'm the main uh, worship pastor trainer uh, under the ethos bubble, and uh, I serve on our leadership team and just love our church. When you heard that we were doing this podcast, you walked up to me and said, hey, I'd love to be on it. Yeah. I, I really want to talk about technology, and I know that this has been a, a really cool area of growth for you specifically. Yeah, uh, and so I haven't actually gotten to flesh this conversation out with you yeah. outside of this moment. So I'm <laughs> I'm excited personally, seriously, yeah. will to hear what you have to share. But why why does technology during a fasting season feel so important to you? You know, I think part of the reason we planted Ethos was we really wanted um, the church to be real. Like we wanted people to walk in and really experience the heart of a community of people and for it to be authentic and genuine. And that's just part of our DNA. I hope people experience that every time they walk into um, either of our venues on Sunday mornings. And I just kind of realized over that we've been doing this awakened season for seven years now. And I think I remember we were maybe at prayer gathering or something. This would have been seven and a half years ago. Dave just kind of sharing the heart for this. He had been um, overseas and had experienced um, fasting in an African culture, and it was amazing. Like, it had captured his heart. And uh, I was like, oh, that's awesome. That's so hardcore. Like, they were going all out. Like, this is like 40 days of fasting, all food, like some really cool stuff. Um, And Dave's heart was captured for it. But I kind of felt like it took me a few years for my heart to actually be captured by it. Like I, I, I was kind of like, okay, I'll do it because we're doing this as a church, but oh, I don't really want to. Can, can I testify? Yeah. yeah. And, and me too. Me yeah. too. Go ahead. Absolutely. <laughs> and so um, along the way, we've been doing this seven years, and I think I've learned new things every year um, of how God can actually get my genuine heart out of this season of fasting. And one of the biggest areas for me was technology. Hmm. So um, I think this is probably standard across all people. Like, unless you have a flip phone and don't have a computer and don't have a TV, you probably have some problems with being tied too much to technology. Sure. And um, I've experienced that. I, I got rid of social media probably maybe around that time, but it wasn't really tied to the Awaken thing. Um, so that's not necessarily my like go-to uh, technology drug of choice, but um, I, th- I think there are different things now that when I go home at the end of the day and I'm tired, it's like, I, what am I going to? Um, and I just realized like I can go fast, I can give up food all day for seven days or whatever, or do sun up to sundown for a season. But if I go home and I kind of engage my mind with just the things that make me happy, like the dopamine drops or whatever. It's like, that's not really getting to the heart of what fasting actually is. Mm. Does that make sense? Oh yeah. Talk about like, what was that 
so did, did you just go okay one when did that was that seven years ago that epiphany hit you or was it like when was that yeah, i think and i realized in response? It, i think i realized it the first year when we were doing it like this it wasn't like a holistic approach to fasting because i was doing the thing but i wasn't really doing the thing and so i realized it and i think that year i maybe cut out sports and i was still like looking at news in the mornings just to see what's going on in the world and then over the years we like the last couple of years as a family we've just like turned off the tv altogether yeah and there were some exceptions to that i think last year there were a couple of times where we had a really hard day and it's like katie was struggling. The kids were crazy. It's like we're putting the TV on. We're watching the chosen. We got. We got to watch the TV. <laughs> yeah, we're not legalistic with it, but we just made a decision as a family. We're just going to cut it out for this month. And you realize, I think, I'll get into the reward of it later. But um, I think we just started to realize we've got to do more. That we have to bring a holistic approach to this um, if we really want to to get the benefits out of it. Um, I read this the other day. This is Isaiah 58, verse 3. And they're talking about fasting, like the heart of fasting. Why have we fasted and you see it not? Why have we humbled ourselves and you take no knowledge of it? Behold, in the day of your fast, you seek your own pleasure. And I just thought, you know, there's a lot of people that approach fasting to like get something from God and there are benefits to fasting. So that's not a bad thing, but I think the reality is the point of fasting is to humble ourselves. Mm -hmm. Like the, the main crux, the main like problem with humanity is pride and fasting is like the enemy of pride. Humbling ourselves is, is coming after that. It's the, um, that's the vaccine for it. it's the it's the thing that comes after that pride thing. And so I think it's just so important. Like we we capture the whole heart of it. And one of the ways for for me has been, OK, I'm going to give a season where I'm not going to think about sports. I'm just going to like I love watching Tennessee basketball during the season, but I kind of just shut it down, knowing that I'll get some like uh, March Madness after the awakened season's <laughs> sure, over. Sure, um, and then different like personalities that I'll follow. I'm not, I don't have apps, but I follow a couple people just through the web. And I just say, I'm not going to do that for 30 days. And then I kind of just, I watch my intake of news. Like I might get it in. There's a magazine that comes out weekly and I'll read it on Saturday mornings. But I kind of just really bring my, the whole volume of information coming down almost to none during that season. And you just start to realize when you do without it for a season, it, one, your life's just better, but you realize you didn't really need it all along to begin with. Talk about, so we'll be brief here, yeah. um, just because just we've, been, we've been going for like an hour, but yep. I, I would love to hear before we get into rewards, I'm going to call it a detox because I yeah. think it, it is a full-blown detox to like let go of media. What did you notice about how your, your, your brain, your energy, your, like, did you see like, whoa, uh, I think that was... I don't think that was actually restful. Yeah. I, I, I just tell me, like, what you what you learn about media yeah. and technology and the detox? I mean, we all know this, but like when you Dave mentioned this on a sermon on Sunday, but when we when you binge Netflix for four hours, you always go away tired from that. And um, you know, I think one of the things I've realized, I I actually love, I enjoy reading like good books. 
like it doesn't have to be a Christian book. Just any reading is like good for the soul. And when we're so tied to technology, it makes it harder to enjoy the simpler things in life because they don't have the same like dopamine drop that it would when you swipe past a TikTok video or whatever. So I think those things have gotten sweeter. The things that are like playing a uh, chess with my son, like that's a fun thing, but it's if compared to watching a YouTube, like a dude, perfect video, they're just different things. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so when you kind of take the things that are like sexy out of it, it makes the simpler things a lot sweeter. Mm -hmm. It makes sense too. I mean, the more you learn about the brain Mm -hmm. and dopamine and dopamine receptors and your baseline, the more you just keep doing dopamine hits, your baseline goes up and up and up. You need more and more and more of that addictive technology to make you feel anything at all. To satisfy. To satisfy. And so it it, it really is a cleanse. Um, As we conclude this piece, talk about some of the rewards, like in your personal walk with God, how has detox from that, feeling some of the benefits from that led into like kind of fruit of the spirit stuff, like your relationship with the Lord? You know, it's been, it's been different in every season. Like, I don't, I don't think in every awakened season, I came out of every one of them being like, man, because I ditched technology along with a food fast. Like, I'm just, I figured it all out this year. That's, that's never really happened. But what I do know about, about my relationship with God is that every time I just bring my heart to him and just come to him open-handed with what he's inviting me into, um, he always shows me something different about himself, his nearness. Um, So I don't know if I have any like big takeaways. I've just, it's never let me down. I'll say that. That's awesome. Anything to add for you guys in technology? You're right. This this steps on every toe in existence. So any, any thoughts from you guys before we conclude? I don't have a thought on the technology piece, but when he, you were saying something about pride, and it made me think back to the eating disorder part I was talking about, in that um, fasting kind of gets to the heart of our pride and eliminates it. One of the sneaky things with eating disorders is that restricting food and fasting might inflame pride. Mm. So another reason just to stay in consistent community and mm. seeking the Lord above everything else in this season. I know that's a little off the tangent, no, yeah. but when you said that, I was like, oh yeah, just because that secrecy piece. Yes. Great reminder. That's good. Yeah. Thanks, Bailey. Um, well, thank all of you. All right. Bailey, thank you. Mary, Sam, Will. <laughs> And me. Thank you. I'm kidding. Uh, All right. Uh, Just a reminder, um, if you need to know more about this Awakened season, go to ethoschurch.org slash awaken. There are a plethora of resources that we have for you, so please go check that out. Of course, always come come grab one of us on a Sunday as well. And then also, if any of this interests you and you're like, hey, I actually need help. I I, want to grow. Like, I'm pregnant. I have more questions, actually. I wanted Mary to talk a little more, or um, I'm trying to fast with my family. Like, I need more information. Please email us, share at ethoschurch.org. One of our pastors will reach out to you, and uh, we'd love love to help you walk in a a healthy way in uh, in this fasting season. We love you, Ethos Church, and anyone else that was listening, and uh, we'll talk again soon.